episode of Hobbynate in Canada. I'm your host Tom and with me as always are Steve, Ward, Mike, and Dan. All right on today's episode we're going to start off by talking about the new wood elves and then we're gonna, in our hobby break we're going to get into some of the do's and don'ts of gaming display boards for Board tournaments, tournaments yeah. and we're going to talk about our first shout out for Painticipation. In our new segment, the post-game show, we're going to be talking about all of our experiences at Onslaught, which happened this last weekend. I think everybody here played in Onslaught, right? Yeah, everybody did. Yeah. Uh, even you. Even I did. Yeah. I, even was, I was, was a ringer. I was yeah. a ringer in my own Perfect. Days. And then we'll finish it off, as always, by talking about some more upcoming events. So, let's start off with the Wood Elves. Sounds good to me. Um, we got the book right here. Yeah. They look pretty. Absolutely. So, let's... Kind uh, of their jam. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got a couple really cool new models. Why don't we start with the Treeman? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, I, I If you don't like the Treeman, there's something wrong with you. It's actually, a, I think, on every level, a good model. It's a very cool model. Some of the paint jobs, maybe not the best, with like the glowing red flamey effect. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think flaming, flammable Treeman is kind of a questionable decision. They probably shouldn't be on fire. That's bad for their health. Now, was that Durthu that they did all flamey, or was that just a generic Treeman? I think that's Durthu. Yeah, was and Durthu, right? Yeah. Okay. I suppose good. his background is that I think the dwarves oh, yeah, right actually I think the dwarves <laughs> actually tried to chop him down and light him on fire like for firewood. So, I mean, you'd think he would have kind of put the flames out at some point over the last few hundred years. But apparently, he's still angry. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's questionable. But if you paint him blue or purple or something, I'm sure he would look really cool. So not that we're talking about uh, onslaught yet, but there was a, a Kieran Dunleavy brought uh, a painted Treeman to the event. He was still playing the old list because the book was a little bit too uh, too new, but it was an amazing. Seeing it in person was actually I totally blew me away. It's one of the best models I think they've done in a while. He also had had it magnetized so he could swap out yeah. different options. He yeah, did. so it could be either the ancient, the regular, or the magey one. There's yeah, an Meiji one. The, 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 and ancient's he did it, the Meiji one. It is the Meiji. Okay, and he did it with like the full white birch bark on the staff, and it looked, it looked really good. Awesome job. Let's just say there was lots of wood to be had. Oh, so much wood. Got wood. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that joke just never gets old. If you're playing never. wood elves, if you're playing wood elves with any sort of uh, tree kin treeman, yeah, you're gonna and, make that joke. Well, well true to form. Wells, true to form, that actually goes back. To the Calgary Grand Tournament. Yes. There was, oh, that yes. yeah. was like, He had a Wood Elf Mage that had about an 18-inch boner. <laughs> like, it was... Riding a Great Eagle. He was riding a Great Eagle, and he had a wiener sticking out, like, way past his knees. It was so questionable. Did, was this... Was this green stuffed on? Yes. Yes, green stuffed and painted oh. skin color. Like, oh, just okay. bursting out of his pants. Moving it was on, kids. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was great. No idea how he was allowed to use okay, that. Okay, so the people on this side of the table think it's amazing. Me, Tom, and Dan. What do you guys think? For you, mean uh, the treatment? Uh, yeah. uh, oh, the treatment is great. Yes, okay. Yes, yes we've moved on from the from Not the moving away from the big... Yes. <laughs> yes. I was, was going to say you were asking my opinion on what do you think about what, else on what do you think about the male anatomy? I'm a big fan of the penis myself. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 not even five minutes in. We okay, to, we yeah. Need to stop this. So how about Mike, the new? What do you think about the tree man? I, I actually, tree I man. really like it. I think it'll give a lot of people a 
chance to play with uh, the browns and tans. Uh, there's just a lot of options you can do with this model. You can make it look really well. I'm sure with the poison ivy you get from secret weapon, you can oh, yeah, make it look point. really wicked on that as well. Ward? Uh, I'm liking the new Treeman. Uh, it's my favorite model out of all the new range right now. I think it just looks awesome with all the different abilities you can put on. So you can make him look like Scorpion with that uh, <laughs> strangle root vine and get them to say... Would it be like, don't be hasty, but eventually come over here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's almost Treebeard's voice. I'll, I'll, I'll take it, for sure. So, <laughs> Treebeard saying, come over here, I think would be fantastic, so... Let's let's make a phone call and get that happening right now. So. <laughs> I'll just I'll just phone up John Reese Davies and get him to uh, record that. That'll be, cool. be fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving past the the next cool kit would be the Eternal Guard and the Wildwood Rangers. Okay, well while you guys talk about that, I want to take a look at the kit. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, you should probably do that. At Prepared some point. for the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they're fantastic. The biggest thing that I like about them is the fact that they're moving away from this elves covered in vines and leaves aesthetic they had for the last book, and back to the previous one where they're elves with robes and armor that live in trees, which yeah, is like, what they always had been. They and hoodies. You can't, you can't leave out the hoodies. Oh, yeah, the hoods. They definitely still have hoodies. The that's hoodies? for sure. Oh, my God. Okay, I, right. I don't know, actually, just looking at them now, I'm... Uh, I'm not so sure. Why are they all screaming? Because they're angry. Yeah, and... They kind of does it just mean they kind of look a little bit like they have the arms from a Chaos Marauder kit? Because they're not that ripped. They're not that ripped. They're Ooh. painted like they're that ripped. They're like they're ripped for a guy on a twenty mil base, but like you actually Fair. compare it to Fair. climbing the trees Chaos every day, you're gonna get. Like, <laughs> well, and actually in the fluff in this book, because this was my first army and I love them dearly. They actually talk about the fact that most elves are, live in a city and they don't have to do that much work, but the wood elves are constantly running around and jumping oh, through so trees. And so they actually should be a little bit buffier than the other guys. Buffier? Is that a word? So they More turn buff? Into, they turn into Sarah Michelle Geller. Well, Apparently. Well, they do have. Uh, do they have a special character named Spike? Because I would totally play this army then. I, I enjoyed. I thought he was funny. I'm, I'm assuming that the wood elves have. Willow, like, though. You could probably do something. Yeah. Really cool. Oh, yeah. She's a Wiccan. You, you know, know she's into this. Spell singer. Yeah. Uh, the Dryads used to have the Willow and aspect. Then, and then I don't know if there's a rule. I don't know if there's a rule to make your spell singer a lesbian though. Mm. Is I, there a rule to make her a redhead? It's called paint. <laughs> <laughs> into it. That is always an option. Red ones go faster. Cool. Oh! <laughs> this this episode right off the bat is just way too offensive from a like innuendo standpoint. If you're eight, turn this off. <laughs> if you're eight, you shouldn't be listening to it in the first place. <laughs> Uh, what I imagine, because they are so buff, is that they're doing those lumberjack contests and, like, throwing axes <laughs> and shit. That's, that's what the Wood Elves do. So they're basically from Quebec? So they <laughs> chop down trees? <laughs> so the Wood Elves are, are French-Canadians. Apparently. <laughs> so every time I play with my Wood Elves just, now, I have to have one of those really bad Quebecois like... accents. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. <laughs> Okay. That was terrible. Next, next model kit. That was worse than my tree beard. Next model kit. <laughs> uh, the next model kit. I. Why don't we go on to the Wild Riders and the Sisters of the Thorn? I think they're called. Yeah. So this is analogous to the Dark Elves dual kit with their light cav. Yeah. Yeah. Their fast cav and the warlocks. Sisters uh, of the Thorn are correct. Go me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they're actually pretty cool. I quite like them. There's some people I know that are not a fan of the reindeer, but. Uh, I do think it's pretty cool because the stags I always thought were kind of a neat concept for them rather than just having horses. But the old stag looked ridiculous from the previous metal kit. 
Somebody's yeah. raising a hand. Speak. So my favorite part was that you took it upon yourself to convert a stag in the old book. <laughs> and uh, let's not talk about this. No, if no, anybody no. sees Dan, ask him how he sculpts his. Uh, well, gen- let's just sculpts say- genitals with my mouth. Uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> I I think it's going to be paint dependent. Like I'm yes, not a huge fan point. of the models. Uh, the Sisters of the Thorn paint job in the book are good. But then there's the other brown-looking crappy version, and uh, I 100% disagree with you. Where I think it's the other way around. Really? I think the Wild Rider paint job makes way more sense on those models than the Sisters of the. Th- I think I that agree. makes it stand out. I agree. I actually really don't like the blue. Which, the blue reindeer don't make. You know sense. what? The blue mohawk thing they got going on. Yeah, it's 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 got a lot of contrast and it's pretty striking. But I why? Look at look at those what? ones though. The, that's All those people are, who are listening to this. <laughs> Looking at these models. Okay, so in the hold in the, the book up to the microphone. Gra- grab the book. I'm looking at page eighty and eighty-one. So basically, <laughs> you've got a white and a blue uh, reindeer, and then you have a green and a like neon blue reindeer, which is way worse. That looks terrible. That is horrible. That looks like someone was drinking a whole bunch of hypnotic and threw up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me f- let me find the other version. Okay, keep ones. talking. Yep. Keep perfect. watching, radio audience. <laughs> so the one thing I really like about these models is that they've always kind of been tied into Orion, uh, the mm. Wild Riders. Yes. And they actually painted them with that same kind of skin tone as Orion, like that kind of green, ethereal-esque hues. Yeah, which, I think I think they did a way better job than the previous. Where the previous one, they were just kind of half-naked guys with like 80 pieces of rope tied around their waist. Like yeah, everything with, in the previous book. Exactly, but now they have they oh, have they the don't same... Look like, they don't look like uh, elves anymore. They look like almost like Dark Eldar warriors with their helmets. Do you, do yeah, you their helmets look about? badass. Yeah, they, yeah. D- they do look they do look very that like, actually sinister. looks really cool. Almost like an incubi, I guess you could say. Yeah, they look exactly like an incubi, uh, actually. With, like, with the horns? Well, the incubi have those horns. They have like... They're obviously not like full on antlers, but they've got that like really serious curving, um, Mal- almost like an antelope. Yeah, Malekith has like the twisted yeah. horns, right? So, I actually really yeah. like that too. I think both of those kits are cool. Yeah, and they do have the, um, the the big capes that are flowing off the Wild Riders are pretty cool too. They have a little bit of leaves and stuff sculpted onto them, so they can tie into some of the other ar- like models in your army. Like if you do have Orion, he's got a cloak of leaves, that sort of thing. The Way Watchers have cloaks of leaves. Like I think they tie into the army way better than they used to. Totally. Yeah, it only used to fit if you had a bunch of war dancers before, because that's exactly what they looked like. Yep, they were just war dancers on horses, really, which is kind of neat, but not necessarily the aesthetic that I like. Mike? Anyway. Well, uh, no, I, I really like the models. I just think that the paint jobs are not the greatest, is, is my Agreed. honest opinion. Uh, yeah. I really wouldn't do it that way. That's just me. But if done painted up properly, I think they'll look gorgeous. So, so you when re- do we re- see yours? Were you referring to the reindeer <laughs> or the skin Shut tone? Up. <laughs> Do you mean like having the weird like neon blue yes, reindeer? Yes, I just think I just think the contrasting colors and choices are not. Yeah, I don't think very they did a good palatable job. for me. I don't think they did a good job on the steeds, but I think the uh, wild rider uh, riders themselves actually that green like that like looks very saying, cool. Ethereal tone is actually really cool, and I, in the fluff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they should be that way, right? Yeah, they're so. they're because doesn't one of them like turn into Orion at the end of the year or something, get sacrificed and get reborn or it's something? It's very similar. He's I don't a, know. He's a lucky fellow. Well, it's, I think it's very similar to like the 40k Eldar story, where like one, per, you know, chosen one that's very honored gets to be <laughs> murdered for eight days and then turns in the Avatar. Awesome. Good Sounds time. like it's not point. quite like that. Oh really? I thought it was. I thought it was like he gets hunted for eight days and then turns into. No. Oh really? No. Okay. No. No. It's honestly. I'm glad they, you could. Well, they take his. Very important. They take issue. his ashes into a tree and then he comes back out. Oh, so it's it's really cool. So, so they so burn him, him to death. They burn him to death. That's way better. Well, it's not that bad. <laughs> okay. 
I do want to call attention so that I think that covers it for that kit. I do want to call attention to it. I maybe there's a GW employee listening out there. Make us a treekin plastic kit. Please. It's gonna happen. I just Please. I just fished all the pieces of my metal tree kin out of a box the other day when doing inventory on my wood elves. Was and a yeah. single piece still glued together? Yes, there's one. No. There's one of them that is like miraculously intact, and then just a pile of shrapnel for the rest of the unit. <laughs> Funny story. My wife uh, and me played once in a doubles tournament with a uh, wood elf army, and then it fell apart, and we never played since. <laughs> and Dan's fell apart, and never played since. <laughs> yep. And I stopped playing when they stopped being wood elves and turned into a bunch of dryads with a couple elves covered in vines and leaves. Perfect. That sounds like wood elves like I know. I've never played wood elves. I'm not bringing it up because you'll just say an old joke at me again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he played them back before we were even wearing diapers. I have the wood elf in chariot. In 1933. <laughs> if you ha- yeah, if you have a wood elf chariot, like that, that's intense. Oh yeah, no kidding. That is, that is way back. <laughs> Actually? Yeah. Yeah, that I'm was a serious. thing that existed in nature. There's a yeah. wood elf chariot with four guys was it on it. Kingsglade list that had chariots? <laughs> uh, a, no, the Kingsglade was largely the right. the glade guard. So we and missed the ah, ward answers. We missed our We're thinking puck. of the metal glades. Okay, we got to we got to move on. We missed we got a lot to cover in this episode. We missed our puck rating system. We're doing it at the end. We're doing we it have the one end. more okay. kid to talk about. Oh really? Azeroth, the character. Well, someone show me Azeroth. He's in the book under the Azeroth picture. Okay, well you guys discuss. <laughs> you guys this. talk about Azeroth. So he looks great. As a model, I wish he was Scott the Falconer. Yeah, he is kind of the poor man Scott the Falconer. Where's your other birds? You do not have enough birds at all. But uh, no, I think he's actually really cool. And the neat thing about him, I think you're going to see an awful lot of him converted to be battle standard bears because he's got the gigantic spear, which you just swap out for one of the banners from the Eternal Guard kit or something like that. Yeah. And I think he looks really rowdy. And he's also angry. He's yelling. And he has the biggest antlers. He does. How does? And that is totally not a euphemism. <laughs> he he just has a really big hat. No, he's going to be suffering. Like, he's going to be suffering yes, from can, Techless we, neck. We can steal. We can Too steal the, the. We can steal the great rack joke from Cricks. Yeah, he, I want to. He I is say, uh, Scar the Pirate Queen. I want to say I have never seen a bird that is that green that is a falcon. They, I think he's actually, too too forest. It's not a falcon. Oh, what is it? I think it's a, supposed to be a hawk. Can you make him into like a toucan? Because I think that would be awesome. That is totally <laughs> toucan, toucan, toucan would be pretty cool. But I actually think as a random side note, some of these pictures in the book seem to have some photoshoppiness going on. Like they have some weird color fades and a few of them have like weird glow effects off some of the magic-y guys. This is one of the first books where I noticed they did some of those really like weird-ass photography techniques that have been in the White Dwarf the last six months or so. I have and to in admit- some cases it looks neat, and some it's confusing because it just makes the models look bad. I have to admit I'm not a huge fan of that particular model. That I think out of all the uh, out of all the kits that came out in this particular book, that would be my lowest. And that that's fair. And there's also the downside of the price tag of that model. He costs, I think, ten dollars less than ten Eternal Guard. What? Ooh, he's thirty dollars. He's like thirty dollars Canadian, whereas the Eternal Guard, I think, are forty four. He might even 47. be like thirty five. Oh, sorry, forty seven. Right, the forty four is the Wild Riders, but he's he's like thirty dollars, and the unit is forty seven. Like he's expensive. Yeah, I wouldn't buy that. Although to be fair, <laughs> he's like I've, a three hundred point model. I'm really happy okay. that they've actually released kits that are not cripplingly expensive. And not fine cast. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that, that clearly was... That's a, that's a discussion for another day, but I think that issue is dead. They're clearly not going that way, so we're good. Okay, so, <laughs> Treeman, Pucks, Steve, go. Five. Actually, Ward. love it. Five, Pucks! Five. Dan. Four and a half. And I've got to... We're doing halves? You're the yep. French judge. 
<laughs> uh, sorry, Tom? Uh, five, definitely. Cool. Uh, Eternal Guard slash Wildwood Rangers. Steve? Three. Ward? Two. Mike? Three. Dan? I'm, I'm giving him four. I'll give it a hard four, too. A hard four? Whoa. Yeah, like a solid four. Okay. Uh, solid woody four? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, okay, moving on to the uh, Sisters of the Thorn and the, the Dual Wild kit. Riders. Uh, I'm going to say four. I'm going to say a four. Four. Uh, can I split it up to give one for the Wild Riders and one for the Sisters? No. Yeah, no. Okay, we'll, we'll blend it for a four. I really like the Wild Riders, not so much on the Sisters. Okay. Yeah, and I'm, I think we all agree on a four on this one, actually. And the last one, the single ridiculously expensive model. Tom? Oh, I get to go first. You get to go first. Uh, I think I want to give him a four, actually. I really like him. Just because he's he is tying back to a lot of the old aesthetic. And for okay. me, okay. anything that's going in that direction makes me really, really happy. That sways me a little bit when you say the old aesthetic, because I do remember the old aesthetic from when we used to play. Like fifth ed? Yeah, I remember that. Or most of so sixth ed. I was going to say a two. It's true. Almost all of sixth ed as well. <laughs> I actually, I really did not like that model, but when you say it does look like the antlers are from the old stuff. I was going to give it a two. I'll bump that to a three. I'm going to yeah. go with a four. I didn't like it. I'm sticking with a two. Tom wants to give him a four, but I'm going to drag this back into the gutter by saying I want to give him all six. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I really like that model. It's just the price tag. The price tag puts me off a little, but I really like that model. Yeah. Oh, that one's divided. I like that. That's good. You can trust us for nothing, apparently. <laughs> no one agrees. Yeah. One out of... Five One hobby night five. Canada hosts will disagree with everyone else. <laughs> that isn't probably entirely on, on true. On all things. On all things. <laughs> I uh, disagree. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for someone to make that joke. So I think that covers the news for this week. Well, right? that covers the models. I do want to talk very briefly about the book, just because this is mm. my first army. Okay, so we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is the role of the four spirits in the new book. So, anyone that played Wood Elves in the last edition would have been very used to and comfortable playing a Wood Elf army that was predominantly Forest Spirits because they were the only unit worth taking. They were so good for so the best? No, they were terrible. I thought Wardhancers were the best. Maybe in 7th they were really good. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Skirmishers kind of nuked them. Yeah. But they were really cheap for what they did, and they hit really hard. The 5-up ward save almost all the time was fantastic. But they were skirmished, and... The the old treekin were stupid expensive. They were like, I really liked them in a lot of ways. They were but yeah, they were what, like, They were like sixty points a model or something. They like, were suffering was... from Ushopti syndrome. Yeah. They were too expensive, and and even when Ushopti got dropped, they were still too expensive. So that makes treekin like insanely too yeah, cause, expensive. because they went down what like twenty or twenty five points a model. They lost a point of strength, I yeah, think. They did, but, but they got they great are... weapons. Well, we're sorry. talking about Ushopti got great weapons, but the treekin just stayed. Kind of. No, they lost a point. We're talking. We're talking really? about Treekin right now. Yeah, they also dropped a point of strength. Both of them did. Yes. Yeah. Well, but, but they lost twenty points. Oh wow. Yeah, they went from like natural strength five to I think strength four on the on the Treekin. But yeah, they are massively cheaper. They used to be like one hundred ninety points for a minimum unit. Yeah. And now it's what like one hundred and thirty or something. Like it's a big difference. But they're still the three wound typical monstrous infantry. Yep. Like yeah. Three oh, wound. Yeah. Who, okay. Go. Who, who wrote the book? Um, Matt Ward. Ooh. Mm. Well, but he did both <laughs> of the other elf books too, right? Yeah, yep. the so elf it's books kind are of pretty standardized the, in a lot of the ways. The trifecta going on. So, sorry, you were, you were talking yeah, about the Yeah, so spirits. basically, the four spirits used to be the mainstay of the army, whereas now they're a really good support unit. The, good. The treemen are not an auto-include anymore, but they are versatile for what they do. They all have tree-whack base. And, okay, so... Tree-whack? 
Yeah. What do you do with a tree whack? It gives you it strength ten. Sap. You make one attack that strength ten doing d6 wounds. <laughs> Was I the okay. only one to get that, or I don't know. <laughs> so they I, do, they do automatically one strength ten hit. Well, no, it's guaranteed. just like thump with club. Okay, uh, where yeah. it's an initiative test. But here's what it comes down to: the, anything I say about this book, take into account that I used to play this army back. With total the, or, total wood elf hipster. What he's saying is he's got a bit of a bias. <laughs> yes, totally a bias. So. I recognize people that got into Wood Elves in the last few years when they had a particular play style. I can understand where they're coming from with this book. I just disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll fight you to the death. No. That, that it's means, toy soldiers, that, that man. That means the other four of us have to agree. That's true. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but yeah, I think, it, I think it's very much like the, uh, the Chaos Space Marines argument, where the problem with current Space Marine, Chaos Space Marine Codex in a lot of ways, is why in God's name would you take Chaos Space Marines? Yeah. When you can take Demon Princes and Cultists and Helldrakes. And for a long time it was the same way with Wood Elves, where... Why would you take Wood Elves? The guys the book are named after sucked, so you just took all of the weird support units. Yeah, well, it totally. wasn't the same. It wasn't the same as it, you know, the classic and... Yeah. yeah, and so, like, back in the day, all my treatment had tree whack, and I think they actually even were strength that five. sounds ridiculous. Right. <laughs> they were strength five, toughness six, and so in my mind, they're not losing a point of strength, they're just being what they used to be. You know what gotcha. I mean? So I, I don't have to get over that, oh, I don't get the strength six automatic anymore. And the ancients can now be level four wizards, which is freaking So speaking badass. of wizards, wizards, this is the one thing that you guys were talking about that I actually am very interested in, is what you think of the new wood elf magic system. And the way they do things. You mean getting more than three lores? One yeah, of exactly. Taking? It's amazing. It. So yeah. how does it work? Well, the, well, we should start, I guess, by briefly explaining how the previous book worked. The previous book, the hero-level wizards could only take the lore of Athaloran, which at the time was decent, but it was stuck in like the old 6th edition where the spells were really easy to cast by modern standards, but like really yeah. not that big of like a deal. Like their highest difficulty was what? Like a, a 12. 12, there you go. Which yeah. is laughable when you have oh, a level yeah. 4 now. Like, oh, you're not casting value of 25? What is this? Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it was it was pretty crappy before, and you had to take a lord to get access to, I think, two other lores. Yep. And, and that which was like you beasts heaven, and... Or no, life beasts and, and life, yeah. yeah. And uh, now with the new system, like, all the elves are actually done the same way, where any of the wizards, like the hero level or lord, can take any of the main eight lores... So you can take, like, metal, fire, heavens, whatever. That still weirds me out a little bit, that wood elves can take metal. But at the end of the day, they're the ones, the who, like, they're the ones who taught a lot of the other mortals the magic, right? Not specifically the wood elves, I guess, but the elves in general were, like, the masters of magic. Like, they, they really had that ability. They should know most, if not all, of the lores. So I think that's really cool. And in a flip this time around, it's the lord-level wizards for the wood elves that can cast high and dark magic. Ooh. Yeah, and they do have their own specific attributes, so with the high magic, every time you successfully cast a spell, you put a token beside the wizard. Anytime him or or her, I guess, and a model in the unit that they're in suffer a wound, they can just take one of those tokens off, and it's counted as being passed. Interesting. And with the dark magic, every it's you put a token, anytime you successfully cast a spell on an enemy unit, you put a token beside them, and anytime you attack them with a direct damage spell, you get to add an additional D3 for each token. That's pretty neat. And some of those spells do a decent number of high strength hits. So if you get, you know, potentially, if you cast the right spells, you might get an extra, like, two, three, four, five if you have a couple of tokens. Like, it can start to add up. So I'm a little less keen on the dark magic, to be honest, but I think the high magic is an interesting option. Yeah. And so I think, without getting too much into a full book review, my real impression of this book is that it is Wood Elves again. 
it's Widows, and they can now take Lore of Shadow, which is just Oh badass. my god, Mind Razor. Woo, here we come. And that's I guess that's another quick thing, too, is the Wardancer characters can take level one Shadow. Yeah. Like that and is so join cool. non-Wardancer units. Yeah, like they are they are Shadow Dancers, I think is what their actual title is, so it kind of yep. makes sense that they have Shadow Magic. But no, that, it's really cool. I think it's a neat tactical thing, similar to the... Was he the lore master for the Hiles, where he's a fighty character and a wizard? I think it's an interesting mechanic, and being able to put a war dancer like in a unit of Eternal Guard or something could be really cool, especially now that mm-hmm. war dancers have a dance to strip the enemy rank bonus. War dancers have a dance to strip? Yes, Wait, they, yeah. they do have a strip dance. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm a tiny dancer. Oh, that's <laughs> a money. Um, you are a tiny dancer. Yeah. So I'm really excited to actually get playing an army that got me into the game that I shelved for about the last, what, seven years? I'm excited to actually play against Wood Elves that aren't just the same spammed army list every single time. I'm excited to play against uh, different units in that list that I actually quite like. So, Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a much broader spectrum, I guess, of builds. Like, I haven't been playing as much fantasy lately, but looking at this book for, you know, the first time in a while... There's there's actual multiple ways I think you could go with it, and you know magic arrows for your archers. A lot of the support units got better. There's a lot of interesting things in this book rather than just hey tree spirits, yay! Absolutely. So we'll cut it off there for now and move into hobby break. Okay, so as we talked about, this hobby break is going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of tournament display boards. Yes. Yes, it I, is. I agree. <laughs> Does anyone Shit, want to disagree? I, I, I disagree. Uh, there's the one. Okay. Uh, so, uh, just as as like tournament organizers, uh, display boards are like super handy for moving your army from table to table. Uh, they don't need to necessarily be like super fancy, uh, but it's just gonna be an extra thing that's gonna help you out during the day of. Yeah. There's but, definitely. Oh, sorry, Mike. But I want to interject. It doesn't have to be super fancy, but whatever you do. Yeah. Do it complete and well, and don't leave it half finished. It's definitely a utility piece. Like, you're going to be using it. The primary function is to move your army between tables instead of scooping up handfuls of models or destroying them or... Or putting them in the case every time. Every single time. It's basically a transportation thing. But the you you definitely are... Mo- almost every tournament I've ever been to has had some component for display, uh, judging for paint, uh, appearance, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on that, a lot of there's some companies that come up with things that we're going to talk about later. Uh, but by far, the best way to do it is to do it yourself and come up with something that's themed to your army. Uh, and I don't know if we want to talk about some color theory aspects of these sort of things or just general. Let's just do a little bit okay. more general right now. Um, the first thing that I would say is whatever you do, have it match your bases. Yes. Like, yes. Like, honestly, my favorite display boards are the ones where they're very simple, and it's just whatever's on your base is on the display board. Done. So, so that if you have brown, if you have like brown gravel and a bit of static grass, you can just put some sand down, little patches of static grass, maybe like the odd skull or whatever from your bits box, right? Just to make it a little bit more detailed. But yeah, something that matches so it looks like it belongs really helps. Otherwise, like if you have Talarn Desert Raiders on like a snowboard, that makes no sense. That is not going to get you extra points. So on that point, I do actually want to mention just a couple of things that might help some people out there. Is one of the things in design theory is generally you want to have three primary colors. So if your base, your display base is 
very well done and amazing, but has like 35 colors on it, you've gone too far. Yeah, it's, it shouldn't be distracting from your army yes. or anything like that. It should be like a complementary color that ties in, that doesn't just throw things out of whack. Like, And that's only, we could talk about this in terms of basing as well, but generally, you know, your base should be something that accents the model, that uh, helps out make it, you know, stand out from the crowd, but at the same time shouldn't be overpowering. Same thing for your display board. Yeah, and the other thing too is we actually have heard from Golden Demon judges before that you want to make sure that it's not the standout weakest link on the model. Like, you what don't need that time. I think you need to clear that up a little bit. Okay, so basically what it means is that if you're doing a really nice paint job, you need to make sure the base is at least done to a solid standard or done simply enough where you're not trying a lot of the similar techniques and doing them in a worse fashion. I guess a good example base. of that would be if you were painting up a Golden Demon winning Commissar Yarrick. You would not want to put him on something like an insane bunch of water and pipes and this kind of thing. He's fought in Armageddon. Well, not only that, but if you're going to do it, do it well. Exactly. Yeah. And the more extravagant you get, the more you're going to get dinged for not doing it up to the same standard. Which is why I'm a huge advocate of very simple army display bases, because that way you're just not giving yourself that option yep. to screw it up. So Dan, as a Golden Demon winner, what does your display board look like? Um, the display board that I've been using for the last little while, it's it's a fairly lazy one, but um, it is an Ikea serving tray type thing, where it's a, I think it's around 20 by like 15 inches, somewhere around and that. And $12. And like $12. <laughs> but um, I basically put a bunch of, you know, sand on it, just sprayed it black and used like an entire can of primer, which probably cost a lot more than the rest of the materials combined. And um, it's kind of like patches of brown and like a... I, What's the name of it? Chardon granite. Oh, I wasted like an oh. entire pot of chardon granite. Oh back my god! yourself now. But um, but that way, like the alternating patches of dirt, um, it actually tied into multiple armies of mine. Some of them had like the Calton Brown sort of a color basing, and some of them had chardon granite. So it blends in both, and that's really all it is. It's just a little bit of sand. It ties in with uh, both of my armies, or you know, not both, but like multiple armies, I should say. Both of your armies? There's more than so that. So you're, you're what salamanders and Ravenguard? But like also yeah. like the fantasy armies, like I've used it for my like Warriors of Chaos, oh, yeah, and enough. I've used it. For, I think I used it once for my Dogs of War because they had the brown bases. That is one of the things. Your Chaos Warriors have what a gray base. It is. But they, I think it was charred and granite as well. I think it was black yeah, exactly. dry brush charred and granite mixed with other things and washes and really overcomplicated to the point where I couldn't recreate it even if these paints were still in production. So <laughs> speaking of recreating charred and granite, did you try mix, mixing Eshin gray oh, yeah. and cerebite green? I, I have tell you right now, Tom. I, Mike has done it. Mike actually sh showed me his mix. He's done it. <laughs> That's badass. Yeah. Because that color is amazing, and I'm so sad that I only have seven pots of it. <laughs> oh, you hey, Mike, your next task is find me Tau Sept Ogre. Oh, no. Uh, I think they, they might have some left at mission. If okay. You Anyways, moving on. There I bought them. Yeah. Oh, you've already bought them. <laughs> we Never love mind. the old foundation paints. We're moving on. Tom, right. what's your display base look like? Uh, it's honestly, Dan and I built ours, I think, around the same time. And so it's the same Ikea tray. The pro tip when you're doing this pro is, tip. is disassemble it to the point where you can switch what facing is up because it's got like a whiteboard on one side and a very porous yeah. wood on the other. That stuff so, will actually glue to? Yeah. We so, should put this, we'll put this in the show notes, the Ikea tray we're talking about, because I'm sure they still sell it. I guarantee it. Yeah, and you yeah, can take it sure. apart and it's amazing. So and anyways, continue Yeah, you on. can actually take it apart and like, 
pull the screws in, or because it's actually flexible enough, like plywood, fiberboard type stuff. It's a bit you, aggressive. You can just pop it out. That's what I did on mine. I actually just popped it out, flipped it over, and popped it back, and it worked just fine. See, right. I, I unscrewed mine because I was worried. Takes, about, like, I was worried seconds. about the particle board like exploding when you like back off the screws and put them back instead and... of bending it violently. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> continuing so, on. And it was the same idea. Like I mostly used it for my. Uh, I guess it would have been my Savage Orcs, and it was just dry brush brown with great patches of green static grass. And it works really well for a lot of other armies, because a lot of it's other brown. armies have brown sand and green static grass. Fair enough. Okay, Ward, what do you use for your display base? I, for your 8,000 armies you have uh, that are not finished? Actually, I don't really use a lot of the... Uh, do you even have a display it's board? It's because he doesn't yeah. go to tournaments. Oh, he uh, runs sorry. tournaments. Runs that was a call for, yeah. right? No, no, no. The, the last of the basement that I made my way to last summer... I actually did a cutting board. Uh, I found a wood cutting board uh, that was relatively inexpensive, mm. and I just kind of like sanded on top of that and added a, little, a few like big chunks of rocks for War Machine, and then again just did it like basic. Uh, so some brown, some static grass, so that way it would go with any sort of like army that I wanted to put on there. It wasn't a huge um, cutting board. was for War it, Machine. But it right? works so for small. War Machine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, like if I needed to do something for. 40k fantasy, I'd need to up the scale for sure. So, Mike, how about yourself? I actually uh, made mine out of the Wait, spare. How many do you have? Uh, <laughs> two, just two, actually. Just two. Just I'm amazed. Two. Actually. One, one's one's winter and one's summer. And your dystopian one. <laughs> oh yeah, my dystopian one. Sorry. Okay, three. I lied. Three. three. I got three. <laughs> now, uh, I myself actually same thing as uh, Dan and Tom. I used an IKEA uh, display board. The only thing that I did is I paint. I did a brown with some static grass, but I did little imperial posters for propaganda posters on it just to give it that like Dan was talking about the skulls. A little bit extra pop. Yeah, a little bit extra. I, I just want to uh, jump in here and let you guys know that it is called the Clack Tray from IKEA. <laughs> it is twelve ninety nine. The length is fifteen inches. The width is twenty three inches. And uh, that's all you need to know. That thing is actually perfect. So yeah, mine was done with, just like I said, little Imperial posters that I printed off. I just Googled Imperial propaganda, got a whole bunch of uh, inappropriate things, and it's a little bit of 40K. <laughs> um, ended up with these little posters, glued them down into little pieces of plastic card, and then got Tamiya red, uh, Tamiya clear red and Tamiya smoke, and flicked a little bit of that onto the bases to get... Because I, I did it originally for my Dark Eldar, and I got these massive blood splatters, and it worked really well. I actually I use that now that tray for almost all my armies because my Skaven are base brown, my Salamanders are base brown. So keep it simple, keep yeah. it pro keep it neutral colors, a little bit of static grass or some other kind of flock texture, and it's going to be versatile and it's always going to work and it's always going to look good. Now to quickly jump to like a few other systems, uh, what we found that works really good for like doing water effects for like dystopian wars and such is to actually get like a picture frame and do. Uh, the colors underneath the glass piece so you can either like airbrush it or just paint like a solid like or if you're really lazy piece. you can literally just go to staples and get the, get some kind of a file that looks like water get them to print it off in the right size and put it in there so uh one of the things that i noticed that actually i didn't even know that my my wonderful roommate had this for a display board but i saw your x-wing display board dan would you mind talking about that a little bit yeah it's actually very similar in nature to the uh, the picture frame one where i actually had i was looking for a very last minute display board a while ago it and i perfectly. found a huge package of these tiny little like i think they're four by six picture frames from ikea and with x-wing 
if you're not using like a dual Falcon or four shuttles or something hilarious, which I've, I've used four shuttles, it is hilarious for about <laughs> for about three minutes, and then it gets awful. But um, insurance fraud. Ask Dan about that sometime. Yeah, it's so good at crashing into each other. But um, yeah, so I took the little IKEA like four by six picture frame, and same thing. I picked, I googled like I don't know, it was like space wallpaper or something googled like that. Space. And, yeah, so I got, like, this little, like, star field with some planets and stuff like that and stuck that in the picture frame. And it's, you know, you just drop, like, four or five little small base ships on there. And, yeah, it's simple. It works. doesn't take up, like, hardly any space in your, you know, movement tray or your battle foam or whatever you use. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, super. so super handy for, like, all the, the space battles. So Firestorm, Attack Wing, X-Wing, you're good to go for that. Now, what I what I do want to also say is, like, I've seen, like, the big display boards that have actually, like, built up, like, huge wall sections or, like, a towering um, wall. Or it has, like, an entire Imperial cliff. sector or something on yeah, it. Yeah, the biggest thing that I, I would caution against is making sure that if you are going to do something like that, do all the way around the outside. Because I have seen ones with, like, pink foam still, like, on the back of the Oh, that's the brutal. Board. So again, it's yeah. it's not a complete well, piece like we were talking about. It comes back to what Tom was saying: is if you're gonna go over the top, you need to paint and finish your project over the top. Like the amount of effort you put into the structure of the display board, you need to put into the paint. Yeah, the because if you're doing one of those big ones, you're, if you're drawing all that attention to it, it's even more important that it yeah. has to be done well. Like yeah. if it's really plain and not gonna attract attention, it can be you know you can get away with a little bit more, but. If you have these gigantic things that are like screaming for attention, they have to be done well. Well, and on just to build on that, I've seen far too many where the army is done really drab and the display <laughs> board is done super bright. And so you look at it and you don't even see the army. And so as a guy that's judged painting in tournaments before, and I think everyone around this table has. Yep. yep. That no, no. Never. <laughs> that's oh, sorry, a I, was, lie. I was supposed to be the one to disagree. <laughs> that is complete garbage. You judge this weekend. It's going to so be up. more of a detriment than a positive. Like, if we're judging your display board instead of your army, you're doing something wrong. And that, that being said, I also want to say if you've done both of your army and your display board to a ridiculously bright standard, you've just also made a mistake because now people are getting, like, almost nauseous looking at those colors. Wait, hold on. Before you do that, you shouldn't say bright. You should say bad color composition too bright or off bright because yeah, you know what yeah. flash can catch the eye oh totally i'm talking about when you're when i when i say bright and i, I should uh, rephrase that for contrast if anybody looks at the color wheel y you shouldn't do everything in yellow and blue that's going to make people very upset unless you're playing a and in which case you get a free pass even then i've seen some that should not be done that way just saying i think i know what you're talking about yes we should move on <laughs> um, uh yeah uh, display boards. So, Simple is probably better. Yeah. Now, if you're a War Machine player, uh, I think Malifaux could probably get away with some of these products too. There's a handful of companies that do the pre-cut display boards where you can actually fit your models in and they'll have 30, 40, uh, 50, and 120 mil rings in various spaces so, so your army actually sits in the tray instead mm -hmm. of on it. And so I know Broken Egg does some nice ones and these are some of my favorites because they're just... A simple wood with a different with a couple different colors of stain on it, and they've Ew. got on the side a little felt patch, kind of like on a poker table, with a little recessed area. So it looks classy and simple, and it's never going to take away from your army. Uh, sorry, there was a lot of innuendo. There. <laughs> yep, uh, trying not to be dirty. Phrasing. <laughs> oh, we failed. What was it? 
two minutes into the oh, episode. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's so just, just we're already down that. Went point. off the rails very quickly today. No, uh, doing the cuts, you can you can do that. I, I like the ones that are pre-made because it's much easier. I've done it with my uh, my Sam Hine army once where I did it with whole saws, cutting out of styrofoam, and it was yeah, literally Nathan the worst thing I've months. ever done in my life. Like doing magnetized whole saw cuts, it just don't do that. Buy one or don't. That <laughs> speaks. That's the thing. And most of the armies that, or the companies that are doing this, they're nice and simple. They're classy. Yeah. And what I again, what I'd recommend is just don't go overboard trying to spruce it up too much. Maybe if you want it around the tops, get a little bit of sand, a little bit of static grass, and just call it done. Because yep. it's, agreed. The the best display board, in my opinion, is the one that transports your army and accentuates how good your army looks instead of kind is of clouding the- it in something else. Yeah, and I've had that problem too. Like I've done crazy display boards with light up warp portals, and I've not even gotten close to best painted at that, those events because people are just like, oh, "That's cool, it lights up." Nope, done, no votes. So I would I would caution against doing anything crazy, unless you're absolutely insanely amazing and you can make it like you know amazing. Slayer Sword winner quality. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're going to draw that much attention to it, it had better be amazingly well done. Mm-hmm. All right, there is one more product that we need, we need to. Do need to mention uh, it's the battle foam X tray, I think, or something like that. And it's it's whole preparation. <laughs> its whole thing is it's meant to be uh, one of those trays that you can transport in one of their bags, in an airline, that kind of thing. Like you know, cross country travel. Yeah, it's too small for forty k. It's too. It's definitely too small. And for it has the stupid hill, just like the realm of battle boards. Yeah, exactly. it has Where a it's giant, got a, a good twenty yeah. percent of the board you can't actually use. I think if it's you, more than twenty. If you are playing War Machine or Malifaux. It would probably work for you. Then I'd use the broken egg instead. Uh, the, you know what? I'm just saying, it's out there. It's something that works with their system. It's not my favorite. And I guess something else that's coming out relatively soon as well is um, it's still in like Kickstarter mode, but uh, the Tablescapes bases by um, Secret Weapon. Shouldn't say bases. Like they actually, the Tablescapes table. were, they were very similar to the Realm of Battle tiles. Like they were 12 inch tiles, modular, and all kinds of different styles. And they're doing a display board as well that has like a modular um, edging system, so you can do it in any size you want. The standard size for them is going to be two foot by two foot, which is pretty good. And people are looking at me funny, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really like tablescapes and I I like them. Don't judge so, me. That being said, one of the other display board uh, <laughs> bases that actually isn't terrible either is if you have a Citadel Realm of Battle. Use yeah. one of the sections. Or one of the Forge World ones. Preferably the flat section. Yes. yes. Yeah. For the record, they're a pain in the ass to haul around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you use that for your Dark Hell yeah, quite yeah. regularly, right? right? Yeah. And it's... It's, it's, it's there because it... It matches and it matches them. Yes. Every single time you Does bring your Dark Eldar, which are already fragile as hell, on one of those things, I get really nervous because I have a Dark Eldar army and it. It's, it's bad. Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing that's great about these Ikea trays is they have a solid lip around They have it. a side. They can't, your shit cannot fall out of it. Do not tempt that, the gods. That sounds like a challenge. <laughs> no, like, if, you bring, if you're playing fantasy and you have your stuff ranked up, you have to really work to be like, wee, and, like, fling everything around. Like, as long as you don't, like... Can you do that gesture it. for the listeners again? Wee! <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not going to be able to, to completely destroy things unless you fall on your face, which... Which I have actually seen Craig yes. McVolan do. Oh, I saw somebody else do it, and it was tragic. An entire goblin army just like yeah. went flying across the room. It was, yeah. it was horrific. Like literally, units of like a hundred goblins just flying. It case, was bad. Case in point, then for your uh, display boards, is to make sure that they are the majority of the board on the table uh, when you're putting your models on the board. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. 
<laughs> uh, there's actually one other thing. We're gonna we're gonna move. Uh, we're gonna be way over on this episode, anyways. But the uh, the other display board I have seen. It's not a display board. That is not the correct way of doing it. If you magnetize all your models for fantasy to your display trays, bring a metal toolbox. I've seen so many people do that where they stick the models to the inside of the toolbox. It's probably better than most foam systems. But it's not really a display board. Well, but, but then you can do the works. cookie sheet. Yeah. And stick them to the cookie sheet. You're probably not... If you're doing that, you're not going for best presentation. Or <laughs> if you're it's, using it's that a as a board. functional yeah. tray... Yeah, very functional. Very, Just, very functional. If you're setting your army up for presentation, please take them off the cookie sheet. <laughs> or don't. Or bribe everyone with cookies Ooh, yeah. if they Ooh. vote for you. If Ooh, you bring cookies with the cookie sheet, you'll totally get into that. Votes. Totally into that. All right, I think we've Pro covered... <laughs> bribe your opponents with cookies. Warpstone tokens, jelly beans. Give it to your tokens each time your grace here eats one. Sportsmanship points. Mm. Just telling you that right now. Okay. <laughs> So let's move on to our new segment that we're going to be doing for the first time, which is going to be the post-game show. Oh! You missed it, Tom. Oh, man. Every single time I mess up <laughs> you something. You missed one. It's because I need to make them larger on the you sheet. You do. You didn't underline that one. Do you right? roll my glasses instead? Okay. The, cor yeah. the correct segment is, Tom. The correct segue would have been, that was a great portion of that hobby break. Let's move <laughs> on to... Our paint taste paint. Oh my god! He's trying to say paint anticipation. Yeah, it's a made-up word, so he kind of gets a pass. Yeah, <laughs> but this segment is supposed to be based on somebody that's really doing something good for the hobby. Yeah, basically. I guess if, I guess we should probably introduce what the segment is for the people who haven't read the Facebook post. Um, basically, paint anticipation ties into hobby break again. If you're Canadian and grew up in the '80s and '90s, you know about Hal Johnson. You'll understand how these are related. It's another Hal Johnson, Joanne McLeod type thing. But, um, yeah, so Paint is a Paction, we're basically trying to give a shout-out to people that are really going above and beyond to promote the aesthetic and, like, artistic side of the hobby. So not just rolling dice and crushing face, but, like, you know, making the game prettier and better, and I'm distracted when people raise hands. Have you and noticed back the trend? To, back to, it's trying to get people back to the hobby. Yeah, yes. and it, it's not... We are doing shout-outs, and that is going to be a big part of it, but it's also going to be what everyone can do on an individual level just to try and maybe up their game a little bit, try and do, put a little bit more effort into painting the models, and just as a whole, trying to get, especially our local community, just yeah, totally. painting more. So if you're listening to this in Alaska, effort. I guess screw off? No, <laughs> if you're listening to this in Alaska, keep listening. Yeah, keep listening. And Let keep us painting. know that you're from Alaska, that'd be awesome. We'd probably, and if you send us some pictures, we'd probably give you a Paint Dispaction Award. I'm going to say that right now. Who's painting in Alaska? How do you put them there? <laughs> yeah, you can't. There's literally one day of the year, I'm sure. <laughs> Which is funny, coming from people in Edmonton asking about how you can prime in Alaska. Well, you just, we just prime indoors and get high on the fumes. <laughs> yes. Yes, and we, we And we prime in the furnace room so it filters through the entire house. Everyone gets to get high. Parking garages. Pro tip, driest and warmest room of the house. The furnace room. <laughs> True story. So anyways, we're going to kick this paint action off by putting a shout out to a guy that's actually done a huge... Um, push forward for a lot of people to not only be painting more models in the War Machine community here, but also been giving demos on how to paint things better. And this is a guy by the name of Kevin Barrett. So I, I used to work with him. Really? Fun fact. Yeah, we were both working at Bioware back in the day. Oh, anyways, interesting. But uh, this is a guy who went out of his way to take several evenings to go to one of the local gaming stores here, Thunderground, and put on painting seminars for everyone. So he went through all kinds of different stuff, from painting metallics, to painting cloaks, to painting flesh, and 
Aside from the fact that he's also an amazing painter. I was going to say, lots he's a of great very stuff. good painter. And a very avid blogger as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Mage Knight Kevin is what it's under for his blog. We'll throw a, we'll throw a link. Yeah, we'll definitely find a link for that. He's got lots of cool stuff on there. Always doing different projects. He's got several different armies. Really well painted. Uh, always goes to a lot of events. Uh, runs events as well. He's, uh, he's running one in a couple at the end of May? End of May. Because uh, May Day, the main event, overlapped with GrotzCon. So they're doing a steamroller at the end of May at Thunderground. Cool. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome, because um, one of the big knocks against War Machine when it was first getting started was a lot of the 40k and fantasy players where you have that expectation of these games for a long time. If you weren't painted, you could never bring your models to a tournament or whatever. Yeah, like, and War Machine was not. It was way more part of the culture, I guess, of Warhammer at the time. And like nowadays, it has come a long way. It is really impressive to see some freaking gorgeous-looking War Machine armies out at a lot of the events. And I mean, not just not just the guys around the table. I know Tom has that really badass-looking Mercs list. Oh, but, shucks. Uh, <laughs> and He's Ward, blushing. And I think Ward painted some Kator models, at, or half, some of them. Three quarters point. painted. One of them looks really good. One of them <laughs> looks really good. I, I shouldn't laugh, because I, ha- I, I have two Kator mechanics painted from, from when I tried to paint War Machine. That's I all did I did a whole bunch of commission War Machine. Does that count? No. Okay. Kind of? <laughs> hey, you know what? I actually have one really well-painted War Machine model. Okay, too. anyways. Point okay, is, but so the point is, Kevin... You're it's, a badass dude. You did a really good job. Thank you so the, much for yeah. ex- go, being the exemplar for what we really want from Paintisipaction. Um, we'd give you a high five were you here. I think we'd give him a gold star. Or a cookie, because that's how you get friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something else, but okay. What uh, were you going to say, Ward? Uh, no, nope, not, right not radio specific. Ma- uh, so it's magenightkevin.blogspot.ca, and he's also just started a video blog as well. So he's, so he's doing the coveted vlog. He's doing the vlog as well. So he's got uh, just an introductory one, and then he did a game on his second video so far. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. awesome. So check his stuff out, and... Uh, yeah, and yet, you'll if, be receiving your Hal Johnson mustache in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you guys have any nominations that you'd like to make for uh, a Paintist Paction Award, uh, feel free to email us, post it on our Facebook page. Yeah, all the, of the, the above. Those are all good things. Or a cost. Send us. it to me. Hide in the bu- hide it hide out in the bushes outside of our houses and whisper at night. And uh, <laughs> don't don't do that. That's terrifying. <laughs> Wait, what's 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 Steve's address again? Ah, we're moving no, on. Steve's address is also my address. This is bad. <laughs> all uh, right. Okay, that covers that segment. Now, Tom, you were you were jumping the gun to the next segment. I always jump the gun. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there. Uh, what's our next segment, Tom? The next segment's going to be the post-game show. This week, we're covering Onslaught. I felt that I should do that at the post-game show part, but I didn't. So I, I don't know. know. Do they have a post-game intro song? Is it an I, intro I, song I, if it's post-game? We, I don't know. These are existential questions for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one where we prep beforehand. Exactly. That sounds hard. I don't want to so, do it. So, we're Onslaught. Cover, yeah, Ward, cover. why don't you start us off? Uh, Onslaught just happened uh, this Who weekend. finishes us off? I... Oh, <laughs> Mike? Okay. Oh, Jesus. So I this just, episode is ridiculously bad for I, those in your It started with Gotwood and just went so downhill from there. Okay, anyways. Onslaught happened this last weekend for us, I which thought, was May 10th. And 11th. And 11th, sorry. And And then I woke up on the 13th to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I pretty much slept, like, all day Monday. 
I was uh, running on a lot of Red Bull and such. But, so we had seven systems. Uh, we've got some winners from the event. Uh, and some losers. And some losers. Like me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I know that Which one. we can talk about. So, did we want to talk about everybody's favorite game? Because everybody here got to play games. Yeah. You event. know what? That's hey, Ward. Five for five around the table here. Ward, so you were the TO and you managed to play. I, I would like to know how that happened. Uh, well, I decided Did that you, more importantly, did you win? Oh, man. <laughs> You know what? Dan made me a list for X-Wing, and I crushed face. It was <laughs> The best part was I made the list, and then he immediately used it against me and just destroyed my shit. <laughs> like, so how many... Okay, well, we, should, we should go around the systems that actually happened. So uh, Saturday morning, I think some of us were playing. I started with Firestorm. So Tom, how did Firestorm go for you? Well... Let's just say before that event, I had played one game of Firestorm. So great, is what you're saying. It yeah, went really well. I had a perfect record, 0-4. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you playing? Um, oh, I played a game against James... I'm pretty sure that if I played Firestorm, no, I I'm not talking. One game. I'm not talking about who you played. What faction were you playing? Oh, I was playing Space Spiders, the Rothosa. And what do, you, what do you think of the game, and was, was your favorite game of the weekend during Firestorm? Um, I know to put you on the spot here, you got to think about this one. Wow, so I'm just going to be telling my best sport vote on the podcast. Yeah, what you're telling me. Yeah. yeah, go for it. Okay, sure, why not? Well, <laughs> the best sport vote, why would you keep that a secret? That's actually an awesome vote to have. It wasn't like it was the worst sport vote. Come on. <laughs> I wish might, that was an might, option. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be might, hilarious. I played more. What about a board? Participation award. What? Nah, I'm not going to say it anymore. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess my best game was against Scott, who I think took best sport for the whole event. If I don't know. Also, I didn't play it. I'll tell you later. <laughs> a lot of blank stares from the people wow. who didn't play Firestorm. Well, I was looking at Ward, the guy that ran the event. Well, I don't... There was, there was like, Seven a lot events. Of, there was a lot of players. <laughs> yes. That's Anyways. true. He has a list of, like, Scott, 21 winners. Scott did win best sport. Way okay. to go, Scott. I don't like Scott right now. <laughs> <laughs> Someone disagrees. Perfect. Okay, Tom, go. What was, what was, why was oh, that God. game so good? Well, it was really interesting because Aquins are, uh, as a fleet have this ability where they can shoot anywhere at any time. Oh. So when you're playing yeah, that, with... That sounds entirely fair and balanced. <laughs> well, I know nothing about this game, but that sounds aggressive. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They roll fewer dice than most other fleets, uh-huh. but whereas a lot of the ships will have limited arcs, so maybe just the, the front and sides, maybe just the front and back, or just the sides, that kind of thing, they have shots in all arcs. So, but it's, again, fewer dice. So it was just kind of wacky, and they dropped mines as well. But interestingly enough, his mines did more damage to his ships than they did to mine. Because <laughs> I would right. just fly over the mines while they were near his ships. and So it was... I th- can see why you would enjoy this game, when he's basically blowing himself up. I like that. It also t- sounds incredibly random, where he's blowing himself up. That sounds like totally up your alley. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, but it was great. Um, I felt like that... I think that was my second game, and by that point I kind of had a little bit more of an idea of what was going on. So, it was a little bit easier to get into my first game, which was the first game of Firestorm I'd played in about two months, which was the second game ever. Okay, well, <laughs> shout out to Scott. Good job. Uh... No, no, no. We still don't like Scott. Okay, right, well, Mike, just, Mike we'll, we'll get to you later. First. Okay. So, just to say, um, it was James that won the best overall, best or the ge- best general Best for that. general was James S. Uh, for his best sport was Scott M., and uh, Tom wants me to say this. Uh, best presentation By was, default. was Tom. Default. No, I didn't know. Oh, what I wanted you to say was uh, James, the guy that won best 
general actually also had probably the nice looking army there. He, he did have the best painted army, and I don't give out two trophies to single players. So just to so make it thank fair, you for winning all your games, James. So <laughs> because James won uh, lots of his games, Tom won best painted. So. That's awesome. <laughs> Moving on to other games on Saturday morning, there was also War Machine playing being played, correct? There was, Which yes. I don't think anyone around this table actually played it, no, but we'll no. announce their winners. Uh, yeah, no, I had I had a good crew uh, out for actually War Machine, so I had um, 18 players? No, 15 players, and then uh, it was a good mix. A lot of the Prince George guys that usually oh, right come on. down. Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you had Riley and all those yeah, guys. They Riley, usually play 40k. And they came down telling. to play uh, War Machine. So, like, awesome. Riley, Jesse, uh, Jacob. Um, there's somebody else. I know there's somebody More else. people, you know who you are. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so they all came down and played in four rounds of War Machine. And let me grab some winners here. So for best presentation, it was Jesse R. Jesse Always beating me. It's a good thing you played in a different system. Still didn't win, though. <laughs> <laughs> For best sport was Jacob L. Again, from uh, up there. Nice. Should we be giving applause right now? Uh, uh, we sound really weird on this mic. We'll, we'll leave it to the listeners' imagination. And yeah, then we earned applause. applause. And then best general was Ryan L. So, from Shore Park. Yes. Yeah, so it was uh, a good time. and They all had a good time. There was a good spread. And, uh, yeah. It was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> It was, it was you well. enjoyed it while running it. Yeah. It, the it, other, it, it went smooth. I didn't have to really worry about anything. There was no word I have so. a problem. Word! No, no it was word. okay. <laughs> there was one kind of janky rules interaction where um, one of the caster's feats has this ability to, every time a model attacks one of the model and kills a model in their, uh, controls, in their control zone, that opposing model takes a point of damage. And so the guy did a combined ranged attack against the model, and they were trying to figure out whether or not that would actually, in fact, kill I'm all of the models confused. for wounding one. Any War Machine players will maybe find this funny, but it was, that was kind of hilarious. I didn't get pulled over, so I guess they decided. You pulled me over. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, that's because I was doing some sort of, like, awards or something, and they needed help, so I just pointed over there, and you went, so. So the other game system on <laughs> Saturday morning was? 40K. Which I played in and took the world's worst army ever seen. <laughs> uh, That's not new. It might not have been the world's worst army, but I did not play my usual Eldar, and I did not finish my painting bet with John Wong. So, John, I owe you a case of beer. I, I sorry I didn't get it to you that day. I didn't realize you were leaving uh, town that evening, but I owe you. Uh, <laughs> I played a Salamander's List that was straight out of fourth edition, maybe fifth if you're lucky, with the addition of one Imperial Knight. one Imperial Knight, and just got worked except for one game. So. Uh, the entire so tournament. So you didn't have the worst record at this table. I did not have the worst record at this table. So you know, I was actually the entire event thinking, "Oh my god, I wish I was playing my Eldar." That was the only thought running through my head, except for when my knight was going to destroy another Imperial knight, and then just whiffed like harder than anything I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, so Justin, you destroyed me that game, but we'll talk about Sunday. <laughs> Anyways, 40K's winners were? Uh, for best presentation was Robert T. Uh, sportsman was Armin M. And best general, Philip H., who I believe was defending his title from Grotzkon the previous weekend. Yeah, he Harlow. Was, wow, two oh, weeks wow. in a row. Yeah, so he went back-to-back -back, uh, wins. So What a guy. Well, he had impressive. He had a very, uh, something we might want to talk about some other time, but allies are going to change with 7th, which is something we should maybe not talk about too much, because that's an entirely different context. But he Also, had a very until we know what's going on. He had a very interesting <laughs> Grey Knights uh, Eldar list. So Yeah. 
Okay, and then uh, the last game on the Saturday was X-Wing, which Dan's yeah, favorite. Dan played in. I did. I, I played all. I, I was going to say I played all the X-Wings, but I didn't because I left early. You didn't. You so did I played not. three quarters of the X-Wings. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever withdrawn from a tournament early, and I felt like a complete a-hole for doing it. But yeah. Good news, you were. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I didn't win best sport. If that's I told where you're you going. before, you're not a nice person, right? You remember me telling? I keep you hearing this? that, yeah, but I just I yeah. just assume you're kidding. No, no. no All right. Not so, well, I was laughing. How did your games go? <laughs> uh, the games went not particularly amazing. I went uh, one and two for the games that I did play. I uh, lost the first game against a much more elite list. Uh, what I ended up taking was five pilot skill two rebel ships at 125 points. Where I was curious to see if it would be functional to take a list like that at 125, knowing full well that people could afford to take very elite lists with those extra points. And yeah, holy crap, I was getting ships blasted off the board every turn before they got to do anything. Had some pretty hilarious dice rolls at time. Um, the first game, the, my opponent's dice were just on fire like I've never seen before. <coughs> Excuse me, but at the end of the day, it... It didn't really matter. He played a little bit better than I did. He rolled amazing, and I got absolutely wrecked. I killed Biggs, Great. and that was it. <laughs> he deserved to die. But but no, it was it was a lot of fun, and my list didn't work at all. The second game was against Ward's list that I made for him. I made it a, his type of list to counter lists like mine and then had to play against it. <laughs> and so it went exactly according to plan. That's awesome. Plan for my list, yes. Yeah, um, so. so that list was, if you want to do a quick rundown of it, I guess, for people that are curious, it had, what did I even put in there? Yeah, Hellrunner, the, three Obsidian pilot ties, the and the sh shuttle with Vader, and was there anything else? Cath Scarlet. And Cath Scarlet, that's right, with Rebel Captive, so lots of stress-inducing shenanigans. And I think you had, what, evasive one, hand, expert one, handling to do barrel rolls? Let me do the barrel roll, which I never did the entire event. But yeah, it was... Yay. I didn't have to. It was very much a list that is designed... I mean, a lot of the times when I make bad lists in X-Wing, it's because I focus too early, or too much on the early part of the game. I specifically designed that list for Endgame, and it absolutely crushed me. So I kind of learned my lesson against myself in a weird way, and hopefully <laughs> I will be better because of it. And and for me, I... It's a uh, motivational story if I've ever heard one. Yeah, I, it's a very weird, very weird thing. I felt awkward as I said it, but yeah, it, it taught me a good lesson. That's I, for sure. I had somebody ring the first game for me, actually. Uh, Paul LaRusson, uh, Jean-Luc. He came just to hang out for like a little while. He couldn't play in the entire event, so I had him ring the first game for me. And then I took Dan's list for the last three games, and I won all three of the games that I did play. Oh my you're not, god! You know you're not supposed to ring. The ringer's supposed to take a soft list. That's I was, his whole jam. I was He's playing at the jerk. bottom. <laughs> oh my god, man! Oh man, yeah. So I wiped the board for all of my games. Let's move on to X-wing winners. So X-wing winners. Even though he left early, Mr. Dan Byer did win the best presentation. Hooray! Hooray for me. Were you the only one that painted your fleet? No. no, no. There, there was oh. a few. There, there was were a, there were three. There was it's a, Tom. Is, it's Tom. That's you know Tom default Carter. I'm painting legendary Tom. buyer. <laughs> I like, I like that. I like gotta that get too. Tom default Carter. <laughs> And painting legend Danny Byers. And, Byers. and, and Dry Brush disagreed. Mike. Oh, you're so <laughs> Yes! 
Okay. Okay. Anyways, it's okay. Moving on. Apparently, we Mike, don't have names yet. Mike already cool. doesn't like me, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan won best presentation. Yeah. Uh, best sport went to Paul V, who came up from Calgary to play. Actually. Yes, nice. I played against him. He was very fun, and he crushed your face. Let me Wait, guess. I played both Vogels. I can't remember which one crushed me and which one I beat. I played against Paul the last. But they were round. both fun, so they were both good. Good They're job, relevant, guys. So. Good job, both of you. Uh, and then best journal went to Paul LaRue. Which surprises exactly no one. Nope. Good job, Paul. He is a very good general. You have to make sure you're flying and you're playing your A game. Do not sure. fly casual. I heard that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> flying casual is awesome, and they have really cool t-shirts. So then Saturday night's final event was a stag for me, which winds us up on Sunday morning with a vicious hangover. Hey, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, our Sunday players, Mike. You played Sunday. Yeah. I did. I was in the dystopian wars. There's only four of us, but uh, we all had a fun time. Uh, I got matched up with a grudge with uh, James uh, for the first game. So James is one of your uh, acquaintances, maybe? Is he? Uh, you might know him a couple. Uh, just a couple, a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Okay. If anybody wants to know, James is one of Mike's very good friends, and they talk shit to each other like nobody. <laughs> So. I can't even disagree, but it was a lot of swearing at each <laughs> other, a lot to. of laughing, uh, and then it was like, oh god, we only got half an hour to go, we better start moving it up, go, 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 and then, yeah, it was was one of those games where... Yep. <laughs> More fun than, than competitive, that's awesome. Yeah, so it, it was a low turnout, unfortunately, but uh, it coupled with Mother's Day, which next year, if I do it on we Mother's Day... Yeah, who does that? Who hey, runs a tournament on Mother's Day? <laughs> if you play, that means your mother loves you. Or, in my case, your <laughs> mother just, lives in a different province. That, that which is very well. convenient on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Mike, you played I'm going to send her this yes, podcast. So how was, how was I, your I best? phoned her eventually. <laughs> how was, how, what was your best game? It was with James. Hansen. James? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Like, but we're old warhounds at this. We, we spend more time talking to each other and cracking jokes and insulting each other than we do playing most of the time. But it, it comes down to it's just a lot of fun. Right? Good, good. And you're not the only guy that thought that, too, because... James did win Best Sportsman. Nice, James. You, man. Yeah. Uh, what I really liked, actually, is I, I was walking around, of course, and uh, he's got, like, this, what, Chinese... Oh, yeah, 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 the Chinese menu. So he plays a Chinese fleet for dystopian wars. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Oh god, and, and, I am concerned where this is going. And he's got this like there's there's a rule for the Chinese that is. And you take one dice away when you're firing at them because they have jade armor or whatever it is or rugged construction. Rugged, rugged, rugged construction, construction, yeah. So you get one dice less. So he's got this big like is it a menu? With it's a calendar, it's a bad from a calendar menu. Okay. From, from a Chinese restaurant. That rolls up like a scroll. It rolls up yeah. like a scroll. So every time that you shot at him, he would like unroll it and it basically says like roll one dice less. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was pretty neat. Like I James is awesome. <laughs> That is incredibly weird, but I approve. <laughs> well, and it all started because he never remembered that he had rugged construction. So, so the, he would... helped him. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It, all right. It helped him and it endeared him to his opponents, I guess. So. Okay. Uh, best presentation went to Mike here with his lovely, Yay. lovely... Uh, Empire of the Blazing Sun. Blazing Sun, And yes. he actually won it. He didn't win by default. So, so well done. Oh, that kind of burned a little bit. Hey, Tom. Although there only were four players. Yes, I admit that. Yeah, but well. in my defense, I did not slack off in my painting skills at all. Yes, in your defense, I have not seen a better army anywhere in town. So kind of, as far as I know, it doesn't matter who shows up. Oh, You're probably going to get Tom. Tom and Ward just got oh, shit on. Well, I haven't seen t Ward's finished. <laughs> I've seen True. one. I've seen one picture of one model on the internet. That doesn't count. Oh yeah, you. And yeah, I also forgot that Tom fleet. exists. It was totally photoshopped. <laughs> it was photoshopped. I also for completely <laughs> forgot that Tom has an army. So what? What's that tell you? Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. 
man. Tom's going to go cry in the corner. Okay, here. so who was best general? Oh, though? my best God. Best general was Sean Cook with his Australians. Uh, he came up from Calgary. Silly convict. Yeah, we so. played against him at uh, Adam Stevens' event. Yes. Uh, a month or two ago. Yes, yes. Nice. Yeah. So he brought up his Australians again, and he uh, he went four and zero. Three and zero. Three. Good day, mate. Oh yeah, three and zero, and uh, walked away Awkward with silence. the <laughs> best general trophy. Um, again, uh, I think it was only uh, a low turnout because of the date, unfortunately, and, and a lot of people are excited for version two point And one other thing, oh, a man. lot of people were at the firestorm in bc or the fire uh, flames, flames of war. war sorry flames of war in bc that was the week before tired spent too much money already expect okay it was, okay. It was on let's move weekend. on to the next event on sunday which would let's talk about fantasy none of us here played fantasy it was I, a little lower turnout than usual but i, I had kieran play uh as my ringer which i did need him which was awesome so thank you kieran for helping me out how many players do you have for fantasy we had a total of 14 15 players. Yeah, it's a little lower than usual, but that's too bad. Again, Mother's Day, so next next time, if it is on Mother's Day, mothers will play for free. (laughs) (laughs) But... I kind of want you to do it for that reason. You you have to play against your mom in round one. Oh! Grudge manager. So so if you're a good son, do you just let them win? I guess so, yeah. We'll figure that out next year, apparently, if you do that. I'm All right, so none of us here played uh, Fantasy, so let's move right on into the winners. Uh, So best presentation was Paul Ting. With again a fancy looking shocking Chaos development army. there. So he does paint really nice looking. There's armies, lots though. of really pretty farm implements. <laughs> oh yeah, he was. <laughs> it was a, it was a he demon was playing at the army. demonet army. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so with like the weird death combine. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So I, I was I was so confused. <laughs> death combines. I could. I see many John Deere models in my future. I'm into this right now. Painting those slash things as John Deere would be hilarious. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyways, uh, best sport was a local David Roland. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he won best. He's sport. a good guy. He's a good guy. I like David him. Roland, you're an okay guy. <laughs> see, I like David. And apparently, I don't other like people Scott. Think so. Dave's a good friend of mine, but he's all right. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and best general went to Joshua K. What was he playing? Uh, he played against Paul Ting last round and Empire. I can tell you. Hang Empire. on. Empire. He was playing Empire. Oh yes, he was. I remember. I watched part of that game. Empire of the Blazing Sun. Finished. Wait, what? Regular Which game? Empire. Wrong game. I know. Being <laughs> stupid. But yes, he took an Empire army with like steam tank and some other. I don't know. Empire. Yeah, yeah he, he, Empire. he had he had like a, a very winter themed Empire army, which was it was really good looking too. So. Yes, cool. it was a nice looking army. I approved of it. So none of us had our favorite games in that because we didn't play. So yay, fantasy! Maybe next time I'll bring in my wood elves. Yeah, you with, should. With because we have so many ex wood elf players and other things. Like there's definitely a lot of potential for us to actually start playing fantasy again. How many skavens should I bring? All Approximately of all of the skavens. So three, four hundred. Yeah, that'll Is do. That how, how many slaves do you have painted? A hundred metal slaves from the old edition. Do it. Okay. <laughs> That's like what, 200 points? No, it's not gonna happen. Uh, are they 200. with spears? Because then they're 250. <laughs> Wouldn't it be 300? No, no they, 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 they get half oh. points. They're so crappy. Oh, they get half point upgrades. <laughs> yeah, don't you worry. It's 250. Do they take a banner? Wait, they can't. I think it's a musician and champion. <laughs> so you can go 270 if you're. Yeah, anyways, moving on. Last game for Onslaught was Attack Wing. I'm so excited about this because this was my. The, it was my third game. Was the first game of the Attack Wing tournament. Yeah, I ever. Cr- I crushed you with Borg twice in a row, and then you came to the tournament. And then I came to the tournament, <laughs> and I want just want to say, I really like this system. I'm gonna go and say it. I really enjoyed Attack Wing. 
Yeah, Attack Wing is, uh, was actually a lot of fun. There were a lot of people that were paranoid it was going to just be nothing but Borg and transphasic torpedoes from it Voyager. It was nothing but transphasic torpedoes it's true. from Voyager. It was that, but it was also enjoyable. So it, it kind of exceeded my expectations. Like, yes. I played against... Two of my two of my games were against uh, transphasic Voyager lists that just blew me out of the water, but I still managed to have a lot of fun. So it was actually a really good time. It's a good system. If you haven't played X-Wing or Attack Wing, you should. Um, I'm going to say my favorite game of the weekend was actually against the guy. This is totally because my dice were insanity. Uh, I played against Justin in 40k, and he crushed me because my dice were absolute garbage. And then my last game of Attack Wing was against Justin, and my dice were unbelievable for one round of shooting where I one-shotted Voyager with Picard and turned a single remaining hit point on a Species 8472 ship into a victory. <laughs> it was awesome. It was actually incredibly awesome. So, Justin, I'm sorry, but that's what you get for did, beating me so badly. Did you get give him the uh, Best Sport Award? I did give him the Best Sport okay. Award. It wasn't enough, though, because he didn't win Best Sport. I know. Poor <laughs> wow, that was, that was <laughs> terrible. Wow, wow. That, was, yeah. that was bad. But it was Team I miss Blackboard you. Focus. Blackboard Focus. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, no, that X-Wing event, every single game I had was, was fun. Went two and two just because Ward was nice and let me beat the ringer, which was Ward. I I I was really bad in attack wing. I, <laughs> I did good in X Wing, really bad in attack wing. Not gonna lie. I won a game with that list. I think. Yeah. yeah. So you well, played attack wing. Dan played attack wing. I played attack wing. Ward yep. played attack wing. Mike. What I would roll. <laughs> well, and Ward and I were both alternating as ringers. Yeah, you were playing the same list. Uh, so you won a game. Yes. With that list? And Ward, did you win a game with that list? I lost by six points in one game. To me, that's yeah. a victory. That is a crushing <laughs> defeat. My favorite part is that he, he had to tag me in for the first half of his last game, and I kind of went out of my way to put him in not-so-great position. You did not <laughs> You did not place the cloaked mines appropriately. I was just like, why? Why are they here? So that was my game of the week, uh, or weekend. Uh, Dan, how did yours go? Um, I played and uh, went. I went two and two. Had a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I played against. I played against Justin um, for the first game. And <laughs> How'd you like his transphasic torpedoes? His transphasic torpedoes are awesome. When he rolls eleven attack dice and rolls eleven hits and blows up my flagship, and it's, hey, it's, hey, no, it was actually a lot of fun. Weirdly, that happened exactly the same way to me. <laughs> he one shotted my alpha right off the board. So guess, hey, Justin. You're a jerk. So yes. <laughs> so he he definitely uh, definitely took some moral victories, proving that Picard is better than Kirk. Although <laughs> I did play against another list that had Picard with transphasic torpedoes and beat it. So oh. the eternal question continues because it is still. We need high. a tiebreaker. But I don't know. Do they have to fight with swords or something now? Like, what's the tiebreaker? Someone has to build a cannon. You need the giant like Q-tip battle thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. American Gladiator style. Yeah, that's well, exactly what you need he, to do. He lives in Vancouver, so Dan, when you go visit your folks, you can uh, yeah. meet up with him and play a game. So That sounds like a plan. There you go. So. He came in from Vancouver? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. flew in for the weekend. He's, uh, he's XGW staff. He's, me and him got into trouble a lot in Vegas and such. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. Justin, yeah. I just want to say, I'm OG Games Workshop staff. I started before you, so therefore... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was yeah. going to that. Yeah, no, he, that's really something to brag about, Steve. He, uh, hey, I was there... Yeah, it's... I guess. I was going to come up with something, but I'm going to go with I guess is my answer. Yeah, no, uh, Justin, uh, um, he was a manager out in BC. Uh, he was talking to myself and Jason, and then uh, he can, we convinced him to come out, so he stayed at Jason, and they became T Team Blackford Focus. Apparently they both own Blackford Focuses. <laughs> Foci. Foci. 
<laughs> so that that was their that was their team name in all their events uh, for the weekend. <laughs> team so. focus. And I <laughs> we think, should run more team events. <laughs> I know we have just we would just be them and like a random other events or other people. Uh, as for winners, oh. though, I have more games. Oh, you have more games? But yeah, I only I talked the... about one game. Well, I was I started the begin. I wanted to take up all of the airtime. And air how time. did you feel about that game, Dan? It was my second favorite <laughs> game of the day. So what was your most favorite? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, it was oh, it was it was the other Blackford Focus that I voted for. <laughs> my game four was against Jason Stevens. He had Species Eight Four Seven Two. And we drove up the middle of the board and blew Deep Space Nine to smithereens. Oh, it was yeah. a lot of fun. And then he warped behind me and just blew the shit out of me. So from behind, I got Whoa. one. I got oh, <laughs> I didn't even realize it when I said it. But yeah, I got one shot all game against one of his ships, and I still had a lot of fun and gave him best sportsman, which is kind Wait, of just a second. You shot him once in a shot wing. He teleported that behind game has me. Like forty-seven turns minimum. Well, it was just like he teleported behind me, killed one ship. The next turn, he killed another ship. The next turn, he killed another ship. So it was really quick. <laughs> but I got one shot at him, I think, and it was still somehow a lot of fun. So that's massive sportsmanship when you can still get a vote when the other guy doesn't even really get to play the I game. I was going to say, did he like give you the full roofie colada to give you the sportsmanship? Because that sounded terrible. He may have. Oh, Jason. But uh, no, it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I can't explain it. But it was fun. <laughs> Everybody here is confused, but we're going to go with it. Good it's job, Jason. he's a nice guy. He is, he is a, a really nice guy. guy. If you're ever in the Kingsway Games Workshop, say hi. There you go. Dead air. Moving on. <laughs> Anyways. So, for the winners for the events, uh, for best presentation was George P. and his Klingons. I played him. He's nice. I and played he, him, too. Also nice. And he apparently he has nice ships. Yeah. Uh, he redid all of his Klingon ships, which was awesome. Uh, best sport was Jason S., from Team Blackboard Focus. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I love that name. Uh, <laughs> and best general walking away with a trophy in Deep Space Nine was Aaron M. and his Borg. And yes. uh, we do want to say that this, uh, this event had as the, uh, the prize was a full Deep Space Nine. Not just the token, but the actual model that you have to pay hundreds of dollars for on eBay. Yeah, which was so awesome, apparently so. it's like thirty bucks to buy it as a toy. Yeah, but you don't get the cards. So, oh, but the cards are given away as a participation prize. Is that actually the case? Can you buy it for like thirty bucks? Yeah, yeah, the exact same model. It, it, uh, and it lights up. Yeah, it lights up. You, so you can buy a better version for thirty dollars, <laughs> but it doesn't come with the cards. So, so, but you get the cards for free. Perfect. It's, yeah, we're in that event. It's it's a matching which, scale. Yeah, it's oh, the it's same, same model. It's I was talking with uh, one of the guys models. at the event, and he was yeah. saying it's the exact same thing, but it lights up and makes sound and everything. Great. So yeah. suddenly I don't feel so bad about no. losing. I, I heard about that, and I was like, oh, I no longer care. That is slightly <laughs> anticlimactic. So, Oh, the real question, sorry, does the tiny little thing on the top of it spin? Because that is by far my favorite point, part of the DS9 model. Is the tiny little thing on the top spin? I imagine it would. I would break it so fast just spinning that little thing. I am very, I'm very You're concerned weird. about mine. So. <laughs> I am a weirdo. <laughs> Apparently, but yeah, I just wanted to thank Lang for uh, helping out with that. Yep. Uh, yes, well. Well. our jaded gamer buddy there you donated go. that prize, which is badass. Apparently, he was not jaded enough to donate that prize, so that's good. No, it was all good. So, um, that, yeah, that was the winners for Onslaught. So, I'm hoping to do it again in October. I, I was lobbying to, for Word to implement a best mold line removal prize for Attack Wing, because that, that's as far as I got, and that is Word's OCD is mold lines, but sadly, no prize for me. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ward would always win that prize. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just by default. The yeah. number of bags of Space Marine helmets that have perfectly clean mold lines defies logic. It's, it's what I like to do. 
Yeah. Don't worry about painting. Don't worry about gaming. Clean those mold I'm lines. I'm pretty sure right? he'll actually pay you to clean the mold lines off your models. Me? No, no. I like doing it. No, yeah, so so I mean, that's your if I had like, hey, look at all these lines. marines, Ward, you'd be like, like twitching, like, can I, can I, can I clean those mold lines like some sort of crack? Well, act. I pick that drop pod off of you, and then I clean mold lines. Oddly <laughs> enough, Dan now has it now. Yeah. Yes, that, Cause, that cause, drop pod. Steve tried to buy that <laughs> drop pod back for his army for onslaught, and then I had to remind him that I now own that drop pod and it's painted. I was like, yes. wait a minute. It was built. It was built and primed and like painted salamander green. I did, sold to Ward. I, did, I didn't sold like Sold back it. to me and painted as Raven Guard. And then I had to go out and buy a drop bot and prime it. So then it was green like two years later, three years later. Like it's just, it's upsetting. Very upsetting for me. <laughs> it's amusing for me. Anyways, Onslaught went off this uh, this weekend. It was great. Everybody had a good time. Uh, Ward, you're going to do it again in October. October. We'll, we'll make you. We'll force October you. October is the plan. So, And I'd like to do the seven systems again. I think it went over uh, pretty well. Drop zone commander. Uh, space permitting. Okay. Yeah, well, and that segues kind of nicely into the final topic, which I think, what overtime does this take us into? Are we in overtime? At oh, the we moment, we're just wrapping up first overtime period. Ooh. Yeah. And as I look over at the TV, they're also in first overtime period, so this is appropriate. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Current, currently, Chicago won, Minnesota won, which by the time you read this will be old, or listen to it. <laughs> read this? Wow. Read, read a podcast. <laughs> by the time you listen to this, it'll be old news. But. If anybody listened to our podcast with text-to-speech somehow, <laughs> I'm not really sure how that would work. Speech-to-text? Is that a thing? Amazing. <laughs> it, it, it is a thing, actually. Okay, anyways. Uh, moving on. Our next segment is upcoming events. Yeah, and I guess this is one of the first ones we can really announce. The It came from out of the basement. It's not a huge announcement. We do it every year, but we're going to announce the actual days it's going to be on this year. Yeah, it's July 4th, 5th, and 6th. And we have, a, we're adding even more events than we had before. Yep, we're going to be doing, uh, the big new one that we're adding, for at least the big one to me, is Drop Zone Commander. Yeah, so on the Friday, uh, the 5th, we're going to be running 1,000 points of Drop Zone Commander, a mm -hmm. uh, 35 Soul Stone Malifaux event, mm -hmm. and this is going to be using the Gaining Grounds tournament package. So you are choosing your armies after you've figured out your schemes and strategies. So it's going to be standard Gaining Grounds style. We are running an Infinity event, which I don't know the specifics on, because we have to get them from our Infinity guy. Bosco! Yep. Anyways. Get us that info. We love it. Yep. Um, and there's also going to be Attack Wing and X-Wing. Um, all, all on Friday? Friday? All on Friday. All on Friday. That's going to be a busy day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, cool. but keep in mind, I don't expect to see more than like 10 to 15 players for any of these game systems. Fair enough. It's not like they're the, the big three, like 40k fantasy and war machines. So Yeah, yeah. and okay. we are sticking with our traditional format. We're going to be doing two-day fantasy and 40k events, so you will have to choose one or the other this time. It's yep. going to be 1750 40k. And 2,400 points fantasy. Which edition of 40k will you be using? So we will be using 7. Yeah. Uh, it will be out in time for that wonderful 30 days... Uh, grace period. Grace period. Um, yeah. So that being said, uh, we have not. We are not going to be releasing a player's pack for 40k specifically. So anybody that's interested in like, what's the player's pack going to be? We don't know. Because we don't know what 7th edition is uh, yet. As soon as we get it, we will try and get out to you as soon as yeah, possible. Yeah, so expect it probably, I'm going to say, early July. We're going to take a week to figure out what we need to do. Uh, but anyways, that's 40k. Early July or early June? 
J- June, sorry. Yes. July is the event. Early early June is when we're trying to aim for the players' pack. Yeah, sorry. and the, at the end of the day, if you bring a balanced army, no matter what kind of crazy stuff goes on, you should be okay. Yeah, we're uh, the Unbound, uh, Bound, or Battleforge stuff, we still don't know what's going on. We're going to talk about that on our next podcast, more than likely, but... If we get it by then. Yeah, the 20... Yeah, good point. We might have one before then. Yeah. So maybe in the next two podcasts, I should say. But anyways, yeah, that's 40k. Uh, we also will be having our two-day fantasy, which we'll be using standard uh, fantasy rules that are out right now. And yep. then we're also going to be doing uh, War Machine. Yeah, and this is what's going to be really fun. On the Saturday, we're going to be running a 50-point, uh, two-list, uh, divide-and-conquer one steamroller, kind of bog standard. And on the Sunday, we're doing a team event. So it's going to be teams of three. We're going to have room for eight teams. And it's going to be run very similar to a WTC format, where you're going to each play a game... And then your team wins based on whether or not you have at least two of your players win that game. Or win their game. So each round is the best out of three kind of a matchup. Exactly. Very cool. And that's going to be a 50-point, two-list, divide-and-conquer one steamroller format as well. But you're going to be able to play in teams, which I'm really looking forward to. So the good news, too, your, your least hungover team member can show up on the Sunday morning and play. Well, you all have to play. Oh, you do all have to play. You yes. all play was, games. Oh, yeah, it's the best of three. So I thought it was you, you picked s- one per round. You sign up as a team. Yes. Okay. Although, cool. depending on whether or not it is full, we there might be space for day ofs. But uh, I'm expecting this one to be probably full because there's only room for eight teams of three. So if you're interested in that one, signing up sooner than later is probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we are running Dystopian Wars and Firestorm. Firestorm is going to be on the Saturday. So if you're listening to this, this means that I fucked up. <laughs> We're actually going to be running our Spartan game systems where Dystopian Wars is going to be on the Saturday, and that's going to be 1,200 points, and Firestorm is going to be on the Sunday, also at 1,200 points. Again, we are sorry for Tom's horrible fuck-up. Good day. We will release a little bit more of a detailed player's pack as soon as we get our grubby mitts on the new rules. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. gotta wait for them. Yep. Because we don't know exactly what's happening there. Yeah, same boat as 40k, frankly. Exactly. Although we get it sooner. Side note, Chicago just scored. It's okay to cheer, because I'm kind of dancing inside. Oh, there's a lady freaking out. (laughs) There's like one Chicago fan in the crowd just losing her mind in Minnesota, and I'm loving it. Oh, Bruce Galov. Oh, poor Bruce Galov. He'll be searching for bear wood soon. One crazy lady in a Bickle jersey just losing her mind. I approve. (laughs) Anyways, completely missed the entire game, but I approve of the result. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get back to podcasting because despite our uh, hockey theme, we should actually talk about nope, gaming. This, this is more important. <laughs> it, yeah, no. It's, oh, and this guy really upset. He's very sad. <laughs> we need to describe these things for our listeners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was he was so you can remember upset. it a week later. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's gonna be it. There is also, as always, gonna be a pub quiz. And just general. Oh, that puck may not chicanery, have having tell. fun evening on the Saturday night. I'm still just watching hockey. So anyways, despite Dan's complete sidetracked attitude right now, we will be doing the usual. This is supposed to be more of our social events. We do try and run the two-day. You you come out, uh, hang out with everybody that's playing on the first day. We we go to the pub. We have... Oh, and a reminder, any of our winners from previous years, you guys know if if you have one of the mugs that we've given out as trophies, bring it and we will fill it with beer for you. Yes, we will. At least once. Depending on how many you bring out. <laughs> yeah. You, you could bring more than one. I was told you could bring oh, more you can than bring, one. Oh, you have, mine. Yeah, for sure. I've heard of people talking about wearing them on chains around their neck. We have guys that have had like Assholes. four now. because This is this is our sixth year. For this yeah, event. it is. So We've been you doing could this potentially for a while. have six. 
No, you can have more because we also had oh the my January God. events yes. for the last three. Oh, you yes. do so the you glass could... ones now because the glass ones weren't before, I thought. Well, we recommend that you just bring us a picture of your glass one on your phone or something and we'll buy you a beer because... Bringing breakable glass mugs to an event and getting sloppy is a good way to break your trophy from the previous year, so... Yeah, so bring your pewter ones because they get dented, they don't break. Uh, Steve would know. know. Yeah, I've left my mug in other people's cars and other places of abode. Uh, hey, Ward, and, do you have one of those mugs? Yeah, hey, Ward. You got... You got Dude, how wait, many how, how many, many second places do you have though? Does that count as one? Wait, wait, or are, are you a bridesmaid ward? Oh, ward. <laughs> although to ward be fair, has probably twelve second places at our events, which is literally second place at every single one. I'm I'm fantastic at those. Yeah. So <laughs> you just gotta highlight the black I on your space marines them, and even I have one. And you, just a oh. side note, Jordan Murphy, a good friend of mine. You should you should show up because I think he has like six. No, he has the two big ones though. He has two oh, yeah, the big ones. Oh yeah, if you ever won best overall in the <clears throat> excuse me, in the July event, you'll have one of the big double steins. Yeah, it's a full liter. Liter of cola. Beer. <laughs> liter of cola it's 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 beer it, cola. It's, it's too late for that. We're not rescuing this episode. <laughs> a liter of beer, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, it is a liter of beer. Uh, we will not fill it with straight hard bar. That would get expensive. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. All right. There was an All event right. with that, hey? What? Oh, yeah. And the guy was just drinking straight amaretto, and he's like, oh, here, can you finish my drink for me? And he passed it over to, like, one of the like the new like guys helping out with the event, and he's like, you have to just chug it, and it was just straight amaretto. <laughs> wow. Oh, Where was this? That's awful. U- UK. It was GW. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. GW would do that. that they, do have, they do have a bar on premises. Yeah. Um, that is publicly available. Anyways. Uh, we should finish this up because we're well past. The other game ended. They scored. I don't yep. know how we score and win, but that's weird. Weird it's, statement well, to make. Steve, <laughs> did the public school system <laughs> fail you? <laughs> yes. Let's go with yes. See, when mummy and daddy love each other. Um, um, <laughs> I was talking about more in the context of podcasting. Well, the, <laughs> Okay. Tom, don't take off your shirt. Anyways, we're going to move on. We're going we're gonna to have... Re- uh, uh, in our show notes, we'll have how you can register for Out of the Basement. Uh, it came from Out of the Basement's tournament, uh, and we'll, yeah, more info to come. And uh, just another mention of the May Day tournament. It's the last mm. weekend of May at Thunderground. Yeah. The, On the Saturday is the Steamroller. Yeah, I believe it's the 31st. I have, Why are you looking at me? I'm pretty sure. We will put it in the show notes. Doing the math, it is the 31st. Yeah, because it's on May Long. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, so. May Long is false. Like I said it's not no. May Long. Well, we don't, not we May don't Long. listen. Wait, we fitting? don't listen. Okay, <laughs> I'm just cool. better all over. Check so. out the show notes because it'll be much more reliable than us. And yeah, we're not thing, reliable. Attack at Imdar events. Uh, they should all be going on on the same, same weekend, actually, now that I think about it. They're all supposed to happen on the May 31st, June 1st weekend. I'm not totally sure on all the details of those, but that is the weekend they're supposed to happen. Check out so your that local is, game store. So that is the Wave 4 preview event where the top four players get one of the four new ships for X-Wing. So if you're not familiar, by all means, check it out. See where your local places are running those, because that is going to be a badass tournament, and I'm really looking forward. Cool. I'm, Fant- to- I'm totally going to take the list that Dan wrote for me. But, yeah. it's, but if you take a 125-point list to a 100-point tournament, you should be winning, to oh, be fair. Yeah, that's true. You really should be winning. We're getting punched in the junk. One of the two. Probably both. Probably both. I'll figure it out. It'll be fantastic. Don't worry. Awesome. get punched. Are you willing to take that risk? 
Uh, yes. To get to, <laughs> which of the four ships would you get? Oh, I would. Prob- Whichever one is full of. Ice. I'd probably go with the Defender. The Tie Defender, really? Yeah. I'd be all about the Phantom because it seems the most OP. It's. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. It's going to be I think it's basically Borg. It breaks all the rules and rolls more dice than anybody else. I'd like to lick both of those ships. They're cool. <laughs> <laughs> and make them yours? Yeah, totally. That's how it works. Oh. Anyways, we should sign off. Right. So, thanks for listening to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host Tom, and I'm Steve. And I'm Steve. Wait, no you're not. <laughs> I'm Lord. Inside joke. Mike. Don't worry about it. And Dan. <laughs> okay, thanks a bunch. <laughs> And as always, paint your fucking models. That kicked up a notch. (laughs)